How many of you have ever gone with a, on a family trip and it wasn't very long before one of the kids said, are we there yet? You know, recently I was at a hotel and I was looking at it, laying on the table there was a little brochure and uh, in the front cover it says getting there. And um, that made me think, you know, am I getting where God wants me to be? Am I getting to a level of growth and maturity that God wants in me? Am I getting to the place of fulfilling God's will for my life? You know, those are all good questions. And uh, you realize we're all on a spiritual journey in life. A spiritual journey of knowing God's word. A spiritual journey of learning to be led by the spirit. A journey of developing new attitudes and new behaviors. A journey of walking more and more in love toward God and our fellow man. A journey of developing our faith to receive all the promises of God. A journey to where God has called us to be in the body of Christ. You know, we're all part of the ecclesia, the called out church, the body of Christ. And we have local churches. But are we in the place that God has asked us to be in the body of Christ? You know, Paul talks about the body of Christ is like a human body with many parts. And all have a different function. But what would we do if we did not have those parts? Eye can't be an ear. Ear can't be the nose. A leg can't be a hand. Everybody has. And, and you know, as we journey with God, we all need to, we need to be in the place that God wants us to be in the body, doing what we can do to serve him and others. You know, if you... Per, are a participant in Olympics or professional sport or whatever, any, any kind of sport. You know, it just doesn't happen. You just that one day and say, well, I'm going to be a football player, and the next day you're out there playing. You just don't show up to a game and decide you're going to play. There has been a journey of preparation learning, training, discipline that enables you to perform at your best in the game. You know, I ran, I played ball, football, baseball, track, track was my best sport. And, you know, when you are training for the track season, now, they have, they have something that's called the cross country that guys run. And so our coach, even though we were sprinters, we weren't, he would make us practice with the cross country team. And we would, I was going to Canterville Bible Academy in Canterville, Oregon, as a boarding school. And uh, we would, 
take out up the mountain behind the school, down the trail, over and down and out down the other side. And we would hit the highway about six miles out of town. And then we got to run back into town, through town, back to the campus, back to the, to our, to the field. Now, the cross country team was finished when they got back. We weren't. We had to sprint that 440-yard field. Now there's meters, but back then it was yards. How many of y'all went to school when it was yards? Yeah. You know, it's a funny thing. They have changed everything to meters except the basketball court, the baseball field, and the football field. Everything else they measure in meters. Ah, crazy. Okay. (laughs) You know, about halfway back into town, I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? Is it worth it? And Coach Mound, he would tell all of us track boys that weren't part of the cross-country team, he'd say, if, if any of the cross-country teams beat y'all back, any one of them, and y'all, they're not any one of them behind you when y'all get here, y'all gonna run a mile around that track. He said, there's got to be at least one of those cross-country people behind you. Well, if you're not, if you're not a distance runner, that's a pretty tough feat to do. But I made up my mind. I said, they're not going to point my finger at Hagen because Hagen ain't going to be back there. I can tell you that right now. Now, you know what? By the time I finished, I'm hurting all over. But I have to keep reminding myself what my goal is and what I want to achieve. On May the 18th of 1957, I ran in the state track meet in Oregon. But it all, it just didn't happen because I was there at that state meet. It all goes back to February when I was running up that mountain and down that mountain and back into town. It wasn't fun, but it sure was nice when you get to that, get to run in that state track meet. That's achievement. Not many people get to do it. See, that's what we've got to remind ourselves as we're on our spiritual journey with God. When the going gets tough and things are not going as good as they should be, we can't let somebody else talk us out of it and say, oh man, won't you just, hey, forget that. We can't not go on our life's journey with God just because the circumstances are not favorable. You see, we're not the only ones on that journey. Look around, there's a whole bunch of us in here on that same spiritual journey. Now, we all have a different goal in mind. We all want to achieve a different thing because God doesn't have any clones, but we're all on that spiritual journey. You ever notice that sometimes a journey is not always quick and easy? 
a journey has uh, sometimes you have if it, if it's a long journey you have you have to endure some stuff. I know Anthony talks about when he came to Rama for the get acquainted Rama weekend. His grandmother raised him. His story is really neat story, and uh, because when he was born, his parents were really young and so forth, and so he he was given to his grandmother, and he she raised him, and so he told her he was going to go, come down to Rama to check it out to go to Bible school, and she said, "Ride the bus, don't fly." <laughs> and Anthony tells the story of he'd been on a bus five hours and still hadn't got out of Michigan. And he, he says, you have to persevere. He left on Wednesday and he didn't get to Tulsa to two o'clock in the morning on Friday and he left on Wednesday morning. You know, he talks about that you encounter a whole bunch of different kind of people that get on a Greyhound bus. But uh, you see, he had to, he, he was on that bus. He was on that journey. He had to endure that journey. <laughs> you know, sometimes it may look like that your journey is just not possible. But hey, God's taking you on an incredible journey. Learn to follow him and you'll find that everything will really be fine. But when you don't follow him is when things start falling apart. Let's look in Genesis chapter 12 at a man by the name of Abram who later became Abraham. Then the Lord told Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, your father's house. Go to a land that I will show you. I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. I will make you a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haram. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and all his wealth, his livestock and all the people who joined his household at Haram and finally arrived in Canaan. Now here is Abram was instructed by God to go on a journey to Canaan. Now if you think about this, he had to go through stretches of dry, sandy land. There were mountains. There was weather. There was things that was not conducive to travel. There were rivers and ravines and all kinds of things. Journeys are not always fun, but they're necessary. The challenge to be successful in making the journey and reaching our destination, you know, it's a challenge. 
Now, I've seen some people that only enjoy the journey and they're not even concerned about the destination. And they never make any progress. And then there's some people that are so destination-minded that they don't enjoy the journey. You know, sometimes my wife tells me, you know, I'm driving and I'm... She said, won't you just slow down? Well, I got to get here. That's your destination-minded. You know, sometimes when you go on a vacation, you become so destination-minded because you're trying to get to this place and get to that place that you don't enjoy the scenery and the journey to get there. But you don't have to make that choice to enjoy this journey with God. You can enjoy the journey and reach your destination because that's what God wants you to do. See, he has a journey for each of us to take in life just like he did for Abraham or Abram back. It says, the Lord told him to leave your country, your relatives and your father's house and go to the land that I'll show you. Now, when he left, he didn't know where he's going. He said, go to the land I'll show you. Now, he went on this journey at the Lord's instructions. I wonder if Abraham might have said, well, man, why can't you bless me here? Because he told him if he'd go on this journey, he'd going to bless him when he got there. Now, one reason, if you'll study this, you'll find out the reason that God told Abram to leave the Ur of Chaldees because he was surrounded by idol worshipers. Joshua 24, 2 says, and Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said to your ancestor, including Tekrar, the father of Abraham and Nahar. They lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshiped other gods. So he told Abram to leave and go on a journey to get away from the idolatrous, idolatrous society that he was in. Now, some people don't like to hear this, but they sometimes you need to move away from where you, from the people you with. Yeah, right. Amen. He moved away from his relatives. He has to go someplace else where he's free to follow God. He took off. The passing of time, you know, sometimes wires on you when you're making a journey. And you begin to think, well, wait a minute. Is it worth it? This place is good. Why don't we just stop and camp here? Why don't we just stay here? This is a good place. But that's not where God said to go. He kept pressing on because God told him to go on a journey. He pressed on. Paul says in Philippians 3.14 that he was pressing on to get where God told him to be. It took effort on his part. It takes effort on our part to get to where we want to be with God. It just doesn't happen. We need to read the word. We've got to pray. We've got to live in line with God's word. 
The Bible says, he says to forsake not the assembling yourself together. He wants you to assemble together with people of like faith and like we are tonight. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said this. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. That's good. Too many people quit moving forward when they get to a place that they're, they're comfortable, they're satisfied. But that's not what God wants. He wants us to continue to grow in him until we breathe our last breath. A journey is one step after another. One mile after another. You know, I think back on my journey from the time I was a kid I met people and have been places I didn't I never would have thought I would have been. I you know, my dad was in the ministry and I personally knew all of those healing evangelists back in the fifties. I knew them all. personally. It wasn't I mean I you know the great Foursquare organization by Amy, established by Amy Simple McPherson and their Angelus Temple there. I've been on the stage in Angelus Temple and, and been there with, with, and with her son, talk with him, Ralph McPherson. I've been, in, I've been in, in the home in Beverly Hills in the home of Pat Boone. I, I have had the privilege of meeting many, many different people in my life as I travel through, you know, being in the army, I met some, some dignitaries in my position. I am now, I have been able to be involved in, in many different aspects of life, but it's a journey that God led me on. I, I just, uh, somebody told me, they said, man, you've really done a lot. I said, I haven't done nothing. I just tried to keep up with God. (laughs) I'm really not this smart, but you see, as you journey with God, he'll take you places and you'll meet people and see things and be able to be involved in things that you never thought was possible. See, it's important to seek God as you walk this road of life. It's easy to get sidetracked by things along the way. You know, I remember traveling as we got out, I got out of my ninth grade year in high sc- at, at school, junior high school in Garland, Texas. Dad picked my sister. She is an eighth grader and I up. We went to California and that whole next year, we traveled all over the state of California with him in meetings. And we'd never been, I'd never, at that time, only one time I'd ever been anywhere else. I, I, we, when I was 12, he, we, he preached his way and one summer I was with him. He preached his way all the way up to Niagara Falls and preached our way back because that's the only way we could make that trip. But now we're on our way to California and there's so many things that my sis and I hadn't seen and we kept wanting to stop here and stop there and dad was, he and mom hadn't been there either and so we we were all interested and finally he said, listen guys, 
if we don't quit <laughs> getting sidetracked, we're never going to get there. And we've got to be there in time for a meeting to start at a certain time. And so we had to bypass some places that we would have liked to see. On your journey, you may have to bypass some places. Circumstances may try to push you out of the course or the journey that God's got you on. I can't tell you how many people that I've seen through the years in ministry that thought they should go a certain direction. But because of negative circumstances, they didn't push on through. They went another direction. And I'm sorry to say that some of these people, they were, they were ministers. They never achieved what they could have achieved in the ministry because they let Hard circumstances, negative circumstances stop them. You know, sometimes people leave too soon where God's got them. I have had people, I've talked to them, and I've tried to get them to stay because I knew some things that was going to happen and I could put them in a position, but they went ahead and went anyway. And one fellow I'm talking, thinking particularly about, he never made what with his what he could have done if he would have stayed just two more months. See, don't leave someplace too soon. People move on because the problem gets too big. Remember, there's no, there's no problem too big for my God. You know. These people that get sidetracked, they never become really productive for God. Now, God has a reason for you to go on your journey. That's why he had a reason for Abraham. See, he heard God told Abraham he would, what he would do for him when he got to where he was supposed to go. He'd make him that he would, I'll make you famous. I'll make you a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Well, go read Galatians 3, 13 and 14 and you find out that we, through our being born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, have become the spiritual children of Abraham and the blessing of Abraham belongs to us. That's what he's talking about right there. Amen. See, God called Abraham... And he was faithful to go. The journey of faith is for yourself, but it's also so that you can minister to others. On this journey that God's got you on, he wants you to learn how to walk walk in love. He wants you to see the value in others. Sometimes people are so channeled, they don't see the value of somebody else. Everybody is valuable. Everybody, everybody has a gift or a talent that they can use on their journey to help others. You know, the importance of me being where I am as pastor and head of this ministry is found in the people that I can influence to fulfill the call 
of God upon their life. It took a long journey to get where I am today. There are many times it didn't look like I was going to make it. There have been many times we've had opportunities to do something else and quit, but we pressed on anyway. And you know what? I'm not finished yet. I'll keep on my journey fulfilling my calling until the last breath. Sometimes we need to realize that the effort that we put forth is worth it. Remember what you have and what you receive on your journey. You can give to somebody else. Like Peter did at the man at the gate. He said, I don't have no silver and gold, but such as I have. What did he have? He had the power of the name of Jesus Christ. He told him to rise and walk. What do you have that you can share with somebody? You can share what God has done with, for, for you, what he's lifted you out of, what he's brought you from, and how your journey has come to where it is now, so, and you can help them. Yes. See, you have to use your faith. The moment of obedience is when you step out in faith. His moment of Abraham stepped out to start his faith, start his journey. That's the, with his obedience, that's the minute he started his faith walk. He had to believe what God said. The moment you step out into something new, this is a new decade that we're starting. This is a time to look at yourself and realize that it's time to take more steps with the promises of God. Sometimes people hear the word, but then they sit waiting for the big moment. No, don't wait for favorable circumstances. Don't wait for the big moment. Just move with God. You need to feed on the word of God. You need to work on believing and speaking what God's word says. Hebrews eleven eight says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. It took faith in God's promise for him to do what he did. It takes faith in the promises of God for us to step out and receive what we need from God. You know, I'm sure some of the people in his group, because it said that he took the, everybody that was in his household with him, I'm sure some of them said, well, hey, why don't we just stop here? He said, no, we're not stopping to where we get to where God get, wants us to go. My dad, I've said this before, he had this attitude. He had it written into his, into his Bible. And I've, it was his attitude of faith. And I've cultivated that, that as well. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen. You know, it's important for us to complete this journey with God. You need 
to have a new attitude toward moving with the things of God. Not just being satisfied with same old, same old. I sometimes said, say, I'm only dissatisfied with the dissatisfaction that there's more that I can accomplish for God. You know, we need to press on in this journey to new levels in our life with God. It's vital that we stay in a loving attitude. You know, there's some people, I don't even like to get around them because everything they do and say is negative. That's right. They're, and, and they're always criticizing somebody. Well, if you can't lift something, if you can't say something good, don't say something, don't say anything at all. You know. Then some people are always jealous of what somebody else is getting. Well, quit being jealous and start believing God for yourself. Well, don't see how they're, look at what they're getting from God. I ain't got nothing. Well, that's that's why you do it. Your attitude's wrong. You got to stay in this journey and fulfill what God's got you doing. You know, the question we got to ask ourselves, are we getting there? Today, we live in a day and age whenever, if it don't happen right away, people give up, get discouraged and quit. This is too hard. You know, the old song we used to sing, and I guarantee you most of you, because you're all, most everybody in here are older than these kids over here. <laughs> Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? Anybody heard this before? God specializes in things thought impossible, and he can do what no other power can do. Realize you're not on this journey alone. God is always there. I don't care how tough it gets. I don't care how bad it gets. He makes a way. He opens doors and he closes doors. So learn to get there with God and you'll find that everything will be so sublime. As you walk with him, things will begin to change and you'll begin to see, oh, this is not bad at all. I am so glad that I've followed through and God is there with his hand outstretched to lead you and to guide you. But you must make the first step toward getting there. Praise the Lord. That's just a little something that the Spirit of God gave me in my spirit, so I just spoke it out. Amen. Well, did anybody get anything tonight? Get there. It's important to get there where God wants you to be. Amen. I know 
from looking around that everybody here is a Christian. But I never like to do a service that I don't give an opportunity. There's somebody here that you know you're not right with God. I want to pray with you and you're going to get, you're going to get there. Anybody? Praise the Lord. Everybody's saying. Anybody want prayer for healing tonight? Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you'll help each one of us with our journey of life with you. Help us to get to that place, to get there where you want us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. One last thought I just thought of as I was praying there, the Spirit brought it to me. You know, the prophet, Elijah, the Lord told him to go to the brook and there he would take care of him. Then he told him to move and go over, over, over here, and there God would take care of him. It was always, hey, he could have said, oh, I want to go to this brook. I don't want to go to that brook. But it was, it was at the brook there that God would be there. See, we got to get to our, our their place, and that's where God will meet us. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you on next Sunday night. Same time, same place. Praise the Lord.